You're listening to a Prairie Punk House Companion right here on the Prairie Punk Press Network. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the first real episode of A Prairie Punk House Companion. I'm Neckbone. I'm Jer the Bear. Really excited to be here. Uh, this is our first episode. Uh, this is day one of really being on the job, and I didn't really do my homework. So we'll see how that did works we ever, for us. Did, did we ever do our homework? No, almost never. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't believe that I managed to uh, convince a university to give me a degree. With a very, um, wait, don't you have a master's? I, I do have a master's degree. Yeah, <laughs> I have a four in that, but that's that. I was uh, much later in my life. I mean, if you're going for a master's, <laughs> you got to do it right. Right, get a four But my undergrad, uh, I, I had a two two point six five, so that's less than stellar. Excellent. We should thank uh, SBK for letting us use their music for our intro. Uh, thanks. Yeah, thanks a lot. Hey, we just hung out. Yeah. I saw you three days ago, four days ago. I think four. I don't know. Yeah. It was the weekend. Yeah. We I, never see each other. We live across the country. I haven't seen you in person in five five years, almost five years. Just since you got married, right? Yeah, it was at my wedding, which I guess it would lead us into, we should probably introduce who we are so people know why they should give a fuck about listening to our podcast. All right. Who are you? Um, so my name is Neckbone. I'm, I'm from, I'm from the middle of the country, a little state called Kansas. I'm from a small town in Kansas. Um, and I did try that in a small town, an actual small town. Uh, but yeah, yeah, uh, moved to Wichita in, uh, you know, elementary school. Uh, I've lived all over Kansas. I've lived in tons of places all over Kansas as a child. Uh, mostly lived in Wichita, uh, went to high school in Wichita, which is where I met you. Uh, you could probably pick it up from there, and then I'll jump back in. Yeah, I'm Jer the Bear. Um, was born in Wichita, Kansas, and then uh, I met you, and then we moved to Kansas City. Yeah, and met some punk rockers, and then we moved to Lawrence. Yeah, which is in Kansas. And, uh, if if uh, yeah, one Lawrence, of the people Kansas. listening isn't from the Midwest. And uh, lived at and hung out at the punk houses there. And so this podcast is kind of going to be our best recollection of those times. Um, right. There were lots of alcohol, perhaps some drugs, foggy up our memory. Allegedly. But, uh, you know, we'll do our best to uh, recall those and and tell our tales of mischief and debauchery yeah and just kind of running through the punk houses we're going to be talking about uh i'm just going to name the ones i can remember off the top of my head uh there's not like uh it's been a while since i've not been able to google something but when i typed in what punk houses did i go to shows in into google it didn't know uh i just came <laughs> with a bunch of really <laughs> random stuff so uh, i remember all the houses that we frequented yeah there's a um, pirate house obviously uh, the pirate house in Lawrence, Kansas. It's kind of the biggest um, one for biggest memory for me is that one. Yeah. yeah. Well, in in Wichita, you know, you guys had twenty seven twenty one. Yep, we did. I was not I was not really involved in that house, but the Kansas Street uh, apartment was yeah. uh, the punk house that I hung out in at in Wichita. That was kind of three apartments. Three apartments yeah. that kind of strung together into one punk house that were all like right next to each other. Yeah, yeah. And that was quite the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And then in Kansas City, when we moved up there, we had, there was the first Central House. Yeah, Central House number one. And then our apartment, uh, Boston Apartments. Yep. And then there the Central were, House kids moved into the Boston Apartments right. below us. And then there became two Boston Apartments punk houses. And that was fucking chaotic mm-hmm. as all fuck. Yeah. And then basically goes to the Lawrence Punk Houses. So there was the Pirate House, which we already mentioned. Mm-hmm. The Flanders House, which was down Kentucky Street from the Pirate House. Next door to the Simpsons House. 
Oh yeah, I forgot about the Simpsons house. Yeah. That's why it was called. That's the why Flanders it's called the Flanders house. house, right? I get it. I get it. Oh, I get it. <laughs> I've seen a Simpson. I get jokes. Um, and then there was our house, which was we called the annex because not really, not a lot happened there. But we did have a couple shows and a couple parties. But we were more we were the after certainly, party location. I think weren't we more kind of the after yeah. party? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So that's why we were the, our house was the annex because it wasn't as happening as the other houses. And then mm-hmm. uh, well, I left. There was the Lawrence, and there was the haunted, haunted kitchen. kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, in KCK, and then, there was the Rainbow House in KCK, which I think oh. you you your band played that at one point, didn't you? Oh, my fake band. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sex explosion. Yeah, yeah. With yeah. three three X's. <laughs> Then only three. Yeah. Should have had like yeah. Should have had at least six. Ma- uh, now you're just being ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the second central house, right? Yeah. Tell second me about central that, house. Because I that was in KC Mo. I lived in that one. I lived in the second central house, which I think was about two doors down from the first central house. Uh, oh, and there was the Connecticut Street house. I, I lived in that. Oh, there was the uh, 19th Street house that I also lived in. Both of those in Lawrence. Nice. Yeah. I completely forgot about both of them, and I lived in both of them. So. Yeah? yeah. Uh, and where else did you live? Oh, uh, Sunflower House, which was not a punk oh. house. It was not yeah. a punk house. It was a hippie you house. dirty fucking hippie. <laughs> I was never a hippie. I needed a place to live. It needed to be close to campus. There's a university in Lawrence, for anybody who doesn't know, that's home to the University of Kansas. Uh, which is where I went to school. And, and uh, you lived at a filthy hippie house. I needed a place to live. Because you're a filthy hippie. We'll get into many more stories about the Sunflower House later. It was one of my, and I've lived in some pretty disgusting places, but Sunflower House was probably one of my worst living experiences I think I've ever had. I can't imagine why. <laughs> it was just, just awful in every way. It, the house was cleaner than most of the punk houses i lived in but i I would rather live that's because you had chores we had chores we had required meetings that we had to go to uh we had team building exercises and this is uh, this is where i lived i didn't work there i didn't collect a paycheck i lived there i just wanted to you know go hang out in my room and invite all my punk friends to the parties they had just to you know mess things up which uh you know that sounds terrible. Which some of them did sometimes. And then I mean, we denied We it. lived in some shitty places for sure. Central House 2 but, uh, was the dirtiest place I ever lived. Just absolutely. The bathroom didn't work. It didn't have a yeah, functioning bathroom. Do you, but do you remember our house and how there was, when we moved out, there was raw sewage in the basement? There was raw sewage. That they refused the to fix. Yeah. But the bathroom. That's where the washer and dryer was. We had a washer and, uh, and dryer? Yeah, we had a washer and dryer. Are you sure? I kind of uh, remember that. Yeah. I had boards laid down so so we could <laughs> so we could walk through the raw sewage to the washer and dryer. I don't know if I ever washed my clothes yeah. back then. I don't remember having a washer great. and dryer. Uh the pirate house did too. When I when I became homeless, I uh often did my laundry at the pirate house. Uh thanks, pirate house. I remember people lived in the basement which was not finished. But they of had, which house? The pirate house. They had, they had people down yeah. in the basement, yeah. Uh, that were People lived in our basement, too, for a little while until the raw <laughs> sewage happened. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, the landlord called me like six months after we moved out, and uh, they wanted an extra $600 on top of the security deposit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck you. Yeah. We lived in raw sewage for three months. Right. I'm not giving you shit. Right. Now, granted, we didn't treat that house super well, but it wouldn't have mattered. Uh, I mean, the Flanders house, which they also didn't treat very well, an entire side of the house collapsed. And I don't think that was from people just drinking and being dirty. I don't think that's how that works. They should have just put some patches on it. Yeah, I I think they did. Oh, good. I mean, the people who own these houses were slumlords. Just renting to young people and students and trying to squeeze as much money as they could out of us, but they didn't actually ever fix anything. And if they would have fixed things up, 
and wanted it to be a nice house, they never would have rented to us in the first place. So I don't know. True. Uh, we should probably talk about the timeline because nobody knows when this happened except for us at the moment. So if you're listening, uh, we moved to Kansas city, Missouri in 1999 Mm -hmm. and I moved to Lawrence in November of 2000 and Nick moved to St. Louis Yep. at that point. And I don't know shit about St. Louis. So if you, if you have St. Louis stories, uh, you need to tell those. So I didn't really, there weren't a lot of, I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of punk houses in St. Louis. I only lived there for a year. Um, and I mostly hung out with like just people I worked with. I worked at a German restaurant called Bevo Mill. It's an old mill in South St. Louis that was inexplicably owned by an Irish family. Did you live on tips? Um, I did. So I got paid minimum wage, but every once in a while the owner would come down and just dump money into my tip jar. Oh, nice. I don't think they own it anymore. Uh, I think somebody else owns it now. Um, the building is still there. It's a historic building. Uh, it was owned by the, the Bush, the Bush family. Because uh, everything in St. Louis was owned by the Bush family at some point. That's not the, not the George Bush family. The uh, that's no, the Anheuser not Bush the, family. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Budweiser people. Yeah. Oh right. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then I lived there for about a year. Um, didn't really make a whole lot of friends. Discovered a couple of cool punk bars, a couple of good restaurants. But as soon as I kind of started getting used to life there, um, I, I decided it was, my roommate left and left me with that giant apartment that was, I think, about 300 bucks a month for a gorgeous, oh, wow. beautiful... Uh, yeah, I went there once. Yeah, that place was <clears> massive. <throat> it was um, gorgeous. I uh, do know one thing about St. Louis. Mm-hmm. At uh, one of the bars you took us to when BJ and Sarah came down mm-hmm. with me, um, one of the bars had a women's restroom. Mm-hmm with two toilets facing each other yes that is not awkward no i remember sarah telling me about her bathroom experience there i would be stoked to pee there (laughs) with a stranger yeah staring at me now if i if i remember right and i don't remember if this was sarah or if this was my roommate who was a woman um I, i think it was sarah though who said that she was in the bathroom and the other another woman came in, sat right across from her. Their knees were almost touching. Yeah, that was Sarah. Oh, okay. And the other one just started crying and went, it's so beautiful to her. <laughs> and Sarah was just trying to like take a leak. She was like, I'm trying to take a leak I and mean... get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but yeah, that, that bar was called uh, CBGB, not to be confused with the New York CBGB. And if That's you're, right. That if is you're correct. How they never got sued, I have no idea. That is beyond my expertise. I don't know if it's still there. I could probably Google it. I probably won't Google it. But you can, well, whoever yeah. you are, fair let us, listener. Let us know. Yeah. Email us or something. Right. Or just call us. I don't know. Or if you live in St. You, Louis. If you're listening, you probably have our phone numbers. So right, you probably. Can just call us. And just shoot me a text. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, if you live in St. Louis and you happen to stumble upon this podcast, yeah, let me know. Go there. Go there and take take current pictures and send them to me. Go to the women's bathroom. Yeah, take pictures. Let us know how that toilet's doing. In the women's bathroom, yeah. You and whoever is sitting across from me can take selfies or something. I don't know. Like, and, and, and using the bathroom. Don't actually uh, have your pants down, though, please. Uh, I, I no. Don't need to get on all kinds of weird lists. So fully clothed. Just to just to show the toilets. Yep. And then you moved back. You moved to Lawrence in May yeah. of 2001. Yeah. Moved into the annex with me. Yep. You had my I think roommate Justin was moving moved to out. the pirate house. Right. Yeah. And you had an extra spot. My roommate had just left in St. Louis. I frankly had no reason to stay there. I was a part-time community college student. And bartender. And so I moved uh, in with yeah. you and I washed dishes at a Mexican restaurant. Yep. Yeah. Which I ended up working at later, which is a great, yeah. I, I love that job. It, it was 
one of my favorite jobs I've ever had was washing dishes there. If I could, if I could survive on that now, I would do it in a second. Oh, if I could do if when I worked at Video Mania, I don't think Video Mania is around anymore. I don't think it's called Video Mania anymore. There is still a video store located in Westport, Kansas City, uh, where Video Mania used to be. I think it is exclusively. Uh, porn and like dildos and toys and stuff now. Um, Excellent. Yep, yeah, they just got rid of. They, they just went full like they just got rid of regular movies. They're just all gone. Uh, they just went full porn because that was their bread and butter anyway. Even when I worked there in two thousand one, two thousand two, whatever year it was. Uh, but yeah, if I could work at a video store and make a living doing that, that's what I would do. Just talking about movies all day. Um, Talking shit on people's rental choices. After after the annex ended because of raw sewage, I became homeless and you went back to Kansas City. Yes. that's. I think that's when and I moved. Is that when you moved to the Rainbow House? Did you live at the Rainbow House? I didn't live at the Rainbow House. I lived down the street from the Rainbow House in an apartment. Oh, okay. uh, so I actually lived in a separate apartment. They didn't have a room, so I got an apartment. This is when apartments were just like cheap as shit. You could just get like a shitty apartment and it'd be super cheap. I had a two-bedroom apartment in KCK right down the street from the rainbow house. And I think I paid three fifty a month for it or something yeah, like that, which I, mean, I that, thought was uh, like at the time I thought that was fucking highway robbery. I was like, what every month? <laughs> Fuck you. I need to get a roommate. <laughs> well, the, the Boston apartments where we moved to was three twenty five a month mm-hmm. for the two bedroom, I believe. Yeah. And uh the reason I loved it so much and wanted to move there was because the uh the courtyard in the back mm-hmm. reminded me of the movie City of Lost Children, which was my favorite movie at the time. Right. Right. It Ron was super Perlman. fucking creepy. Yeah. Super creepy back there. Yeah. I still have dreams about that place. <laughs> I have dreams that I move my family into that apartment every now and again. I think you could for about 1500 a month. I think that's about what it's going for now. I mean, the neighborhood is nicer now. It is, yeah, that's true. But I think the parking probably still sucks. So that's like the brief rundown history of that. So, I mean, that, that stretches... All those houses stretch from 96 to 2002, basically. Right. And um, then I, so I was still in the area after that. So for me, it stretches all the way till about... Oh, 2006, maybe. Oh, four. Yeah, let's do. Oh, five. You were because I got married in oh five, and you were in England. I was in England in oh five, and then so, it, that whole scene was kind of gone by the time I. Yeah. I was gone for one year, and I get back, and like all the punks had left, and I just had to live in a sad apartment by myself in Lawrence to finish college. I bet you got more done. I got. I find. Well, I graduated. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I ever would have graduated if there were still punks around. Like I was distracted. <laughs> I'd be like trying to go to class and shit, and people would go, "Hey, you want to go on this random road trip? So you can watch our band play at a different house in like Iowa or some other shitty state." I'd be like, "Yeah, sure. Let me skip all my classes." Then I'd get back and find out the semester had ended, and I'd failed at least half of them. <laughs> so, should we define some terms now and talk about what we mean by punk rock and? Yeah, sure. Things uh, of that nature. Yeah, I, I, I first want to like ask like who, because I remember even in the scene when we were going to all the different houses and stuff, and even back in Wichita, there's so <clears throat> many different ways that people styled themselves and different types of punk that they listened to. So how how would you define like a person as a punk rocker? Like if you saw somebody. Like, how would you go like, yeah, okay, they fit in this category. (laughs) I mean, it's such an amorphous term at this point. And even in the nineties, it was, it was fairly amorphous, but there was, there were less of us, I guess, Mm -hmm. in Wichita at the time. So if you saw somebody with a cool shirt or with a mohawk or spikes, you could probably guess that they were into some sort of punk rock. Mm -hmm. Um, The first punk that I met this dude from Andover I went to summer school with, and he just looked like a skateboarder, but he had a bad religion patch on his bag backpack. So I met him, and on the last day of summer school, uh, before my senior year, 
I think. Yeah. Uh, I worked up the nerve to talk to him because I was worried about being a poser. And he was into punk, and we actually went to Warp Tour 96 like two weeks later in uh, Bonner Springs. Sandstone Amphitheater. Yeah. Oh, is what it was called then. I went to that one. I don't know what it's called now. Yeah, I'm just going to call it Sandstone because I don't know what the fuck it's called now either. I went to that one. I completely forgot that I went to that one too. I thought the first one I went to was in Lawrence, but no, that was the first one I went to was in... It was really fucking hot too. Yep. Because it was just concrete everywhere. Mm -hmm. But punk rock to me, it really depends on what subgenre of punk you're talking about. Um, Like pop punk kids or skate punks it's kind of hard to tell mm-hmm. unless they have something obvious like a t-shirt or some patches or something right but the people that i was drawn to were crust punks basically so um wear mostly black sometimes dreadlocks in the 90s some of them still spiked their hair you know patches leather jackets with studs all over them shit like that and that was the crust punks were more politically minded in my opinion so the vegans the vegetarians anarchists but not just for chaos for the actual leftist political theory of anarchy and getting really really drunk as often as possible yeah. similar experience except i I didn't I didn't connect with the crusty scene and I remember um when I hung out with then Jake now Oren uh we would see like you and Justin and the other crusties and we'd make fun of you guys cuz we were very anti-political. We were just like no politics are dumb. We we believed in what we thought was anarchy which was just I don't give a fuck what people think about me. I'm just going to do whatever I want whenever I want. And I'm not going to worry about the consequences. That's what we thought punk was, which is probably why I, I think a lot of people today still think of it that way, which is why so many people kind of misclassify different, especially conservative political thoughts as punk, which are not. Um, my views on that have changed pretty significantly since I've done a full 180. Uh, Calling punk rock anti-establishment and stopping there is such a pedestrian surface level view of what it is because like you know you've got people saying that that conservative is punk now because punk is anti-establishment and the establishment is woke for example that's some dumb shit that i hear but like the punk rock ethos to me is equality where equality fails equity um, you know, egalitarianism, freedom, um, justice, um, shit like that. So if the quote unquote establishment gets some things right on LGBTQ issues, race issues, then no, I'm not going to be anti-establishment because those are things that I believe in. Mm. And don't get me wrong. I don't think that the establishment gives a shit about those issues but there is a there's more there's more of a s- sense of it getting better for those people the work isn't done there's still a lot of injustice in the world mm-hmm. but these fucking crybabies talking about how the establishment is woke or whatever the fuck they mean by that is just dumb and believing in social justice causes is still fucking punk as fuck just as it always has been in my opinion right because the goal is to change you know the previous social norms of being unaccepting to being accepting i mean if if you're just anti-establishment all the time no matter what that establishment says then you don't really stand for anything you don't believe in anything which is just kind of, I mean, that's, that's poser shit. Like that's. Yeah. It's, it's such a juvenile view of the world. Like Mm -hmm. I haven't, 
I haven't even considered the issue of conformity since I was 19 years old. Like, punk rock and conformity seem to, like, have this thing where, you know, I'm a nonconformist. Like, okay, but what is that fucking... Right. What the fuck does that mean? That doesn't mean shit. Like, it's it's cool to think like that in fifth grade, when you yeah, when you're when you're like kind of you're, testing boundaries, but you, you kind of grow out of that, or should grow right. out of that thought process. So, yeah, that's my that's my beef with conservatives saying that conservative is the new punk because it's just fucking not. And you know, and when I first started, when I first discovered punk, I mean. I came out of the the metal scene. I mean, I was a metalhead uh, before I discovered punk. Uh, I mean, I still listen to to metal to this day. I listen to hip hop too a lot, a lot of hip hop. Um, but when someone, if somebody asked me like like what what I what I am, I am a punk. The different types of music I also listen to doesn't mean I stop being punk. It doesn't mean I stop believing in what I believe in just because I'm listening to you know um you know fucking like any any of the like native tongues movement from the 90s like yeah i'm listening to hip-hop like yeah i'm listening to mf doom but that doesn't mean that i'm less punk just because i'm listening to hip-hop that day or if i'm listening to metal that day if i'm listening <coughs> to fin troll or something it doesn't mean that i'm less punk just because right. I'm listening it's not to just about music. music right like yes punk rock is a genre of music Mm-hmm. But being punk is more than just that genre, right? I mean, I think I think most punk rockers would agree. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, obviously, um, you have to have some some kind of connection to the scene to really. <laughs> you could still have a punk rock attitude and not be a punk. You have to have some kind of connection to the scene, but that doesn't mean that that's the only scene you can be connected to. It's right. not exclusive. That the whole thing about it is that it's not exclusive. Um, a couple other things maybe we should get out of the way mm-hmm. regarding the nuances of different punk rock scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, skinheads are not racist. When we refer to skinheads, we are talking about the traditional skins, which basically came from uh, Jamaican immigrants in the UK. So intrinsically not racist, but neo-nazi skinheads co-opted that culture when we talk about neo-nazi skinheads which we probably will quite a bit because they were a huge problem in the 90s mm-hmm. um we'll and refer today. to them as either neo-nazi skinheads or boneheads right i usually call them boneheads just to make it a quick easy distinction emo wasn't emo in the 90s there was no emo <laughs> i mean it was like weezer yeah and the get up kids and not i mean i'm not not to be an old man that yells at cloud because i don't give a shit yeah um there seems to be a conflation of emo and goth mixed together um it's very strange to watch um like i said i don't i don't give a shit about it it just i think emo and goth have become even more amorphous than punk rock has it's strange and also i know and i hear this term thrown around a lot uh post-punk um, post-punk has nothing to do with punk music. Post-punk is a period of time where people say that punk died and the things that came out after that time is post-punk. And some of those bands have punk sounds to them. Some don't. Uh, some bands like Faith No More has been described as post-punk. I would not call Faith No yeah. More a punk band, even though Chuck Mosley was the original lead singer for those of you who don't know he was the he was in, in the bad brains which was a punk band mm-hmm. um but once again you can be in a punk band and then be in a different band that's not a punk band that doesn't mean that you're any less punk it just means that you are in a band that is not necessarily a punk band yeah like that's fine. dave Grohl was a punk rocker right duff mckagan and izzy stradlin were punk rockers before they were in guns and roses yeah the beastie boys were a punk band before they were uh rappers yeah, they were uh, uh, described as a cheap ripoff of Minor Threat. I don't know. Just yeah. Uh, I mean, we should probably Squatters. point out too that like, yeah, yeah. I, you you were a crusty punk in Wichita. I I was into kind of popular punk. Uh, not 
And I know when I say pop punk, people are automatically like, oh, Blink-182. <clears throat> That's not what I'm talking about. I think Blink-182 was around back then. I certainly didn't know about them existing. Uh, but I'm talking about more like Bad Religion, No Effects. Um, would I you think describe... the kids nowadays call that skate punk? Skate punk? Okay, fine. I was a skate punk who didn't skate. Mm-hmm. Which, which by the way, uh, full disclosure, I still do not skate to this day. Uh, but I listen to a lot of the same music as skaters, almost mm-hmm. exclusively uh, skate punk, metal, and hip hop, which is all apparently skater music. I've been told. Yeah, well, I mean, back in back in the day, like the scenes were so small, and we were so hated, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, by everyone, we all stuck together. So, right, you know, the punk rockers, the indie rockers, the skaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ska kids. Yeah, we all hung out because it was a very small scene, and we, you know, stuck together for protection and fun. I mean, we had rednecks to deal with, and we had boneheads to deal with. Right. And so we watched each other's back, and you know, became friends. And we all loved to party. So. You yes, know. we all loved to party. We all loved to, to <clears throat> drink a, a lot, almost constantly. Uh, and even though I, I didn't really at that time agree with your politics, I definitely, like if I'd seen like a bunch of people jumping you, I would have jumped to your defense, uh, and tried to help you out. We could have both gotten our asses kicked together. Um, but you know, I still would have made fun of you afterwards. But fuck it. Yeah. You too. <laughs> Fucking bubblegum yeah. ass punk yeah. rocker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's the, the, whenever I tell somebody I listen to punk, they go, Oh, Blink-182. Or sometimes Green Day. Uh, those are about the only two. Or sometimes they'll say um, My Chemical Romance. Those don't. Those aren't punk rock bands to me. I mean, yeah. Green Day in the 90s was like a gateway band for sure. Right. And, and Blink probably was for younger kids. Sure. Uh, by the time Blink got really famous, I was already listening to fucking Crass and Osrotten and, yeah. you know, all the crusty shit that I had been searching for my whole life it felt like when i i discovered because i i do listen to crust punk bands now and i discovered all of them from living with you uh because i had access to your records yeah um and so yeah i discovered crass uh you introduced me actually no effects introduced me to rudimentary peni oddly <laughs> enough because uh, nice. they had they played they played a bit of one of their songs on their live album and i was like well what the fuck was that kind of like a weird type of punk i've never heard before and yeah, now I, I own, I think I still have all the rudimentary peanut records that were at least released up until about 2004 ish. Nice. Which is probably I, most uh, of them. Yeah. I'm reading Ian Glasper's book, the day the country died, mm-hmm. which is about the anarcho punk scene in the late seventies, early eighties in the UK, which was the scene that rudimentary peni came out of mm-hmm. and i just read their chapter and i guess they still get together like once every couple of years and put out an ep mm-hmm. but they um said they'll probably never do a full-length record again they just like to get together every now and again and do a couple songs and disappear yeah. back into wherever it is they are when they're not making music together but yeah, I, I discovered a lot of music through you. I discovered um, even a lot of the, the like the East Bay scene, like yeah, like mm. Blatz. I discovered through you. Um, <laughs> it was just having access to your records most mm-hmm. of the time because we we lived together and then we didn't. Then we lived together again. Then we didn't. Then we lived together again. And sometimes my, your records would just end up in my collection, mm-hmm. uh, and I would just wonder how it happened. Like I just end up in St. Louis with just some of your records and I'd have to go like, Oh, okay. Well, I guess, I guess these are mine now. <laughs> only, only the ones I didn't sell for beer money, but I, I left my fair share of records just peppered around ex-girlfriends yeah. houses too. So yeah, ex-roommates, Cats ex-girlfriends and yeah. Yeah. I would say like, um, you introduced me to some stuff as mm-hmm. well. Not really punk, because when we moved to Kansas City together, I was like, I had blinders on, like, punk was all I gave a shit about. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, you played ELO. Yep. Still love it. I was super into it. Yep. 
but Electric I, Light I Orchestra. Love them to this I didn't, day. I didn't let on because yeah. I didn't want to be a poser. Right. <laughs> um, no, and uh, uh, I never gave a shit about the Vandals. I mm-hmm. always thought they were silly. Yeah, but they are silly. Traveling, but I still like them. traveling up to Kansas City to look for apartments and look for jobs and to finally move up there. Uh, they grew on me, and I still like some Vandals today. I don't like their politics. Uh, I gotta say, it's pretty questionable. But yeah, uh, unfortunately, I, I'm know. pretty sure that it, it. I don't know if all of them are, but at least some of them are definitely Republicans, and that's kind of disappointing. Yeah, um, and you know, I think that kind of so the different regions and eras of punk rock offered different things to the scene, and I definitely think that mid-80s Southern California scene is pretty fucking terrible. Yeah. As far, at least as far as politics go. I mean, Absolutely. they were, they were just kind of shitheads that yeah. like to get in fights and, and talk a lot of shit, which can be fun, mm-hmm. but like, uh, there's very little substance to it. Yeah. Which doesn't appeal to me. Right. And you know, the vandals kind of fit in there, but mm-hmm. you know, the nostalgia of traveling to back and forth from Wichita to Kansas city gives them a, a soft spot in my heart. It's still like, still like all other stuff. Uh, I haven't heard any of their, I don't, I can't remember the last Vandals album I actually listened to what year it's from, but it's not recent. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking of ape drape and, mm-hmm. and, uh, that's really ape drape and the fucking so long farewell. Yeah, cover is really the only thing that's that I can remember. But there were, I mean, there were definitely like political, like super left political uh, pop punk bands too. I mean, you've got Fifteen, you've got Propagandi. Mm-hmm. Those are like the first two that popped to mind. Um, For sure. Well, even I mean, we mentioned Green Day earlier. Yeah. But uh, Billy Joel, Billy Joe, mm-hmm. not Billy not Joel. Billy Joel, very different. Billy very different. Yeah. Not the piano man. I would not Billy describe Joe Billy Joel as punk. Was in a band called Pinhead Gunpowder. Yes. And they're one of my favorite pop punk bands. Um and I consider I consider Grimple pop punk. Yeah. Um I think they, they straddle the line between that harder, crustier E Space sound and mm-hmm. pop punk really well. And I think they they did a super good job so mm-hmm. i consider them pop punk and they're probably my favorite pop punk band i l- followed love closely grimple. by 15 uh grimple i'll always remember grimple because i'm missing half of a tooth from a grimple show um <laughs> it's it's fixed i got it fixed uh but uh definitely um whenever it needs to be repaired again and it starts whittling down and i start seeing that chip reappear i think like oh yeah it's a good show yeah i don't remember that show because i passed out I have vague Which memories of I, it. Yeah. I can't I mean, I'm really disappointed that I missed the show. Mm-hmm. But it might just be one of the punkest things I've ever done. Right. Pass out at the Grimple show. Yeah. I just remember being ushered out of there very quickly by Sarah, uh, because I had pissed off a very large man somehow. I won't go into it. But I'd made him angry and he was much bigger than me, much stronger than me, which is not difficult. Uh, and I think Sarah was concerned that I was just going to get beaten to death by this guy, which probably I would have definitely probably at least been hospitalized. Uh, (laughs) so thanks Sarah for saving my life. If you're one of the three people listening to this, she's probably saved us more than once. Oh, way more than once. Um, what are some other terms we should, that need defining proto punk bands. Those are bands that are considered, punk bands but before they started regularly using the term punk rock um so like some of them i would definitely consider to be punk even though they they didn't affix that label to themselves some of them or it didn't exist at the time or it didn't exist uh some of them i i would not consider punk and i'm wondering why they ever were the, the very first band as far as i know that was referred to as a punk band was this band called question mark and the Mysterians. 
which if you, I mean, just hop on YouTube, put in, it, it is the, the symbol question mark. You don't spell it out. The symbol question mark and the Mysterians, uh, M-Y-S-T-E-R-A-I-A-N-S. Um, we can put a link in show notes, maybe. Sure, yeah. Uh, I would not describe them as punk, but the Chicago Tribune sure did describe them as punk rock before punk rock was a term used, and they meant it, pretty sure they meant it as an insult. Um, so, yeah, they were a band from Michigan uh, who played, like, 60s, 60s rock, basically. You know, this was in, like, 67, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the article was written a year or two later. I don't think it was the 70s yet when the term was coined. Uh, the original word punk, um, yeah, it, it dates from the 15th century. It used to mean prostitute is slang for a prostitute. Uh, and then later it became slang for a ruffian. So I mean, accurate. Yep. So um, if Britain wants to claim that they invented punk, then I, I guess they did invent the word punk in the 15th century. So good job. Um, but I still stand by punk rock was invented in Michigan because two big bands came from three big bands came from Michigan that were proto punk bands. Um, yeah. and kind of the most influential one of them, not influential at the time, but became influential later death. People didn't really know about them until unfortunately, like what, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Like yeah. But they're from 1971. And then you've got the Stooges who I would describe as a punk band and the question mm-hmm. mark is, and the Mysterians, which I would not, but the Chicago Tribune sure did. And there's, there's been a million debates about proto-punk and mm-hmm. who's the first punk band and all that shit. And um, it's it's a fun discussion sometimes, but it's been done a million times before. I don't know if we need to go through all of it now. Right. Um, I just want to just go on the record and say the Sex Pistols weren't a punk band. They were a boy band created by Malcolm McLaren to sell clothes at his shop. Mm-hmm. And fuck Johnny Rotten, not a punk band. Right, agree. If you don't uh, like it, suck it. Uh, in fact, I honestly, I thought I didn't like punk. And the reason I got into metal was I had started listening to a couple of metal bands at the time. Uh, Iron Maiden was kind of the first metal band I really started listening to, uh, followed closely by Metallica and Megadeth. Um, but uh, I remember going to the the Wichita Public Library, and they had a Sex Pistols record that you could check out. And I remember thinking like, oh, punk rock is cool. I need to listen to punk rock. So I checked out, I think I got like a, a Kinks record, which I really enjoyed. Don't know if I'd call them punk. They're a punk band. You, you, would you call them punk? Okay. Yeah. All right. Love the, the Kinks. The early stuff. Sure. Um, and the Sex Pistols, which Sex Pistols were, I mean, those were the two bands I'd heard of that were there. So I got both of those uh, and I listened to the Sex Pistols Listened to that record top to bottom <clears throat> two times in a row. And at the end of it, I thought, I don't think I like punk. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think I like punk. I was just like, yeah, I don't, I don't think this is for me. I thought the Kinks album was really good. Um, but Sex Pistols was just, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to keep listening to metal. Um, not into this at all. And it was a long time before I got punk, punk, punk a chance again. Um, and, uh, for me, uh, it was, I, as much as I hate to admit this, I would not have discovered punk again, if not for green day, not because I liked them. I didn't hate them, but they were coming through Wichita in 1994 and a band coming through Wichita was a big deal. Any band, any fucking major band coming through Wichita was a big deal. Bands never came through Wichita. You had to go to Kansas City or Oklahoma City if you wanted to see anybody. We haven't really talked about the different genres. I know we got into it a little bit, but we didn't talk about like the differences between Anarcho and East Bay and Southern mm-hmm. California and all that. Yeah, yeah. If you want to do, do that, wanna, if you want to jump into that, like uh, uh, maybe, we, just, we can... maybe the the timeline. I mean, we mm. kind of getting into it with the Sex Pistols and everything. Yes, yeah, Sex Pistols not a punk band. Um, the Ramones, I mean, at the time they were considered a punk rock band with, you know, hindsight. I don't really know. They played 50s rock and roll kind of, but, you know, they influenced the whole genre. So, you know, that's that. And then, so 
for me, what really, what really meant the most to me was the anarcho scene, which spawned in the UK kind of from the clash and the sex pistols, but with, um, politics. So people like crass saw what the sex pistols were doing and thought, Hey, I can do that. But they were, I mean, as much as it hurts me to say, Penny Rimbo was a, was a filthy hippie and was into like free jazz and stuff. But, uh, he met Steve ignorant and decided to start a punk band. And they, I think they're kind of responsible for putting politics into punk rock. Um, so there was that whole anarcho scene from, you know, 70, 78 to 84 about. And then from there, it kind of the, the mixing of anarcho punk and D beat, which, um, was kind of came from the street punk scene in UK at the same time. Um, that was more, I don't know, just a, a more metal influence, I think on punk rock. So like you discharge and they, and the Verrukers, they kind of, uh, created the style known as D beat, which is a drum beat that's specific to what they do. So the anarcho scene and D beat scene kind of merged and formed, uh, crust punk. So you got doom out of that hiatus out of that. And then that came to the States with like nausea in New York city, which influenced a bunch of other bands. And then you had the Minneapolis scene, which is where punk rockers go to die. Um, so you had all the, all the super crusty bands, um, on profane existence and up in Minneapolis. And then on the other side of the country in San Francisco, you had the East Bay scene, the Gilman street scene, which had a weird mix of pop punk and crust punk. Um, you know, that's where green day came from. It's where jawbreaker came from, uh, rancid, no effects was Southern California. And also up there as well, 15 and crimp shrine, all those bands up there. Um, and that, that brings us kind of into the nineties where we got into punk rock. Yeah. Those were, those were the scenes that, that I got into. And so Anarcho is probably my favorite. And then cross punk after Mm -hmm. that all steeped in leftist politics, hugely political bands. Yeah. And I've, definitely obviously warmed to a lot of those bands i mean i I have their albums i listen to their music i still listen to a a lot of pop punk bands too some of them have not aged as well as others uh and some of them it's tough to listen to now that i kind of know who they (laughs) are even if i still like some of their songs it's one of those can you separate the art from the artist um sometimes yeah sometimes not um i was really into screeching weasel for a long time uh, but Ben Weasel's just kind of a dick. <laughs> so, uh, which yeah, sucks because like, they're sucks. a Midwest punk band. They're from Chicago. He's the Chicago isn't guys. He, isn't he also like a huge agoraphobe? Yes. Yeah. Uh, like, one of the reasons they stopped playing shows uh, was because he, well, he refused to leave Chicago from what I understand. And if mm-hmm. somebody wants to send us an angry email saying that's not true, that's fine. I don't. I don't care. I'm not super invested in it. This is just stuff that I remember reading probably on some like message board like a decade ago or something like, but yeah, I do remember yeah. all I'm telling you is what I, what I read on the internet take it with a grain of salt. Uh, no, everything yeah, on the internet's true. That's yeah. <laughs> he was afraid to leave Chicago. Um, and was kind of afraid to leave his house. I don't think Screeching Weasel plays shows even in Chicago anymore. Uh, he did play a show several years ago where, and I, do, I don't know the specifics of this. So, you know, Manosphere, don't get super mad at me, but he beat up a woman on stage, which two. I'm still going to, oh, two? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going to stick by, that's not fucking cool. Uh, sorry, like, fucking, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I don't know what the circumstances behind it are. Uh 
but generally speaking, not cool. It makes it difficult to listen to even Screeching Weasel songs. I do like, they were kind of fiercely anti-political. I mean, they have a song called I Don't Give a Fuck About Nicaragua. I mean, I mean, it, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's that says it all right there. <laughs> um, there. There's still some of their songs I like. I mean, it's still good summer fun. Uh, I still do like uh, Rancid's earlier stuff, even though I know you can't stand them. Uh, I can't fucking stand I, I know you can't. I'm, I'm going to stick by their first two albums. I'm sorry. Uh, or I, uh, the, no, I, their second and third album. Those are the ones I like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, this is a while back. This is 2005, probably. Mm-hmm. I found my I found one of my Rancid CDs from back in the day, and I put it in my car. Mm-hmm. I was listening to it on my way home from work, and I literally pulled it out of my CD player <laughs> and threw it out the window. <laughs> it was so fucking bad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> fucking awful. But, yeah, for <sighs> my money, if, if you still want to listen to pop punk guilt-free, uh, probably Propagandi is my, my top political pop punk band. Uh, 15 is really close behind them. It's close. Uh, love both of those bands quite a bit. Is- is Propagandi even really like punk anymore? Do they play punk rock music, or are they just kind of a metal band with punk rock <laughs> politics? Uh, they have de- their music has changed quite a bit. Yeah, <laughs> I still prefer their They're, earlier stuff. A, yeah, I'm not. I'm but not, I, I also I listen to metal too, so They're for great. me it's it's fine. But I still prefer yeah. the earlier stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Less Talk More Rock is still my favorite Propagandi album, top to bottom. I think yeah. it's it's on my list of damn near flawless albums, which is a very mm-hmm. short list of I can listen to the whole album without skipping a song and be perfectly happy. Yeah. Uh, that album makes that list, and there's not a lot of other. Uh, Punk and Drublick for me makes that list too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's not not a lot of albums from any genre of music that really make that list for me. But that that is one of them. So yeah, they'll always have a special place in my heart because of that. But yeah, I still listen to them. I, I saw them live not that long ago. Nice. I, they still got it. Do you want to talk about what like else? any like punk influenced bands that people think are punk? But I, I would argue that you can like them, and in fact, I do like some of these bands, uh, but are not punk. Uh, people I see uh, on the list all the time are like uh, you know the Breeders slash the Pixies. Not punk bands, not punk bands. I, I like, I like, yeah, I like them. I used to be a huge fan of the Pixies, uh, but I just over listened to them. Yeah, so I'm burned out on them. Super burned out on them. I actually, and if I have to, if I have to get down to it, I honestly, I kind of like the Breeders better than the Pixies. Yeah. Yeah. I think they were overall yeah. a better band. Uh, Kim deals in both. Um, same with like uh, Baruch yeah. Assault, uh, who a lot of people mm. complain sound just like the Breeders. Um, but they're not a punk band. You're free to no. like them or dislike them. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like them. Yeah. I like Farouk Assault. Um, I still have a soft spot in my heart for American Thighs, which I listen to top to bottom on repeat while playing uh, Zelda A Link to the Past on Super Nintendo when that album first came out. So I'll always associate it with that. Um, and we'll always have a uh, – that was before I even knew about punk or anything at all. So – I used to listen to Weezer the Blue album while yep. playing Sonic the Hedgehog, not a punk band. Yep. Yep. I like some Weezer stuff too. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Not a punk band, but still like them. Um, yeah, I know you disagree with me on this one. I still like some Nirvana stuff, especially Incesticide. I think Incesticide is a good fucking album. <laughs> I mean, that is their most garage yeah. album of all their albums. Uh, but I fuck it. I just dig that album. Um, not a huge fan of Nevermind. I cer- certainly was at the time. At the time, Nevermind came out. Everybody was a huge fan of it. I mean, I was like, yeah, fucking yeah, everybody 14 was. years e- old. Even me. Yeah. After three months, it became tedious. But, you right. know, like what you like, even if you're wrong. Mm-hmm. But Nirvana's not a punk band. Not a punk band. Yep. Agree. Like them, but not a punk band. Uh, Hole, not a punk band. Not a punk band. I-, I don't personally listen to them. If you do, that's fine. But not a punk band. Clash, I would say not a punk band. Not a punk band. No. They're great. Influenced yeah. a lot of punk bands. Right. Not a punk band. The Pogues, not a punk band. You could say You could say Shane McGowan has a punk rock attitude or had R.I.P. Um, yeah. 
Shane McGowan was punk as fuck, but yep. fair no, enough. Not a punk band. They were Irish folk music. I mean, yeah. that's just what they were. That's fine. You're free to like it. I sure did listen to it a, a lot in bars when I was drinking heavily. Um, a very, very lot. A, a lot. Uh, I think there were some nights at Dave Stagecoach Inn, RIP there too. RIP. Uh, where we would just put on like an entire Pogues album uh, yeah. on the jukebox and just listen to it uh, while getting just absolutely fucking hammered. But yeah, Faith Green No More, Day. same. Not a punk band. Love Faith No More. Uh, yeah. Good uh, stuff. Right. I've met Mike Patton before. He's a weird dude. Uh, had a good time. The tracks. Yep. Uh, and that, that is not meant to be an insult. <laughs> if anything, it's meant to be a compliment. Uh, yeah. I think one of the worst insults you can give somebody is calling them boring. You cannot call that man boring. It is impossible. He's not a boring dude. So, yeah, yeah fucking weird dude. Uh, love his bands. I like Mr. Bungle, too. Not a punk band. No, not a punk band. Not a ska band, either. I heard them get called the ska band. Um, mm -hmm. So, just as an aside, I've been listening to their first record fairly often mm -hmm. recently, and I'm just, just blown away how they created that that long ago but then i think about oingo boingo and mm -hmm. it becomes less astounding to me because it's it's kind of just oingo boingo with like metal yeah added to it yeah I, oingo I, boingo not a right. punk band not a punk band yeah or a, a punk band. band but very good yeah not a punk band my fellow ginger uh danny elfman <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't I know he had so many tattoos. Yeah, he's got, and maybe he's a punk rocker. Maybe he yeah. himself is a punk. That's entirely possible. I have never met him. I've never seen him at the um, at the the ginger gathering that we have every year that we don't tell people about. Um, but <laughs> uh, yeah, he might be a punk rocker. But that, that Oingo Boingo, not a punk band. Sonic Youth, not a punk band. Not a punk band. <laughs> Steve Shelley used to play in a punk band. Yeah. He was the drummer for the Crucifix. Yeah. Which That's I discovered wild. through you, actually. Yeah. 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 Uh, Dinosaur Jr. Not a, not punk, a punk band. Love him. Jay Mascus used mm -hmm. to play drums with Gigi Allen. Mm-hmm. Which Gigi Allen, that's just a whole other yeah, topic. Yeah, no, I'm not That's, getting, in, I'm not getting not, into that. Not touching that. <laughs> no, I'm not touching that, which is what a lot of people around him probably said, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Jay Mascus probably said that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Death, the the band Death, is a punk. Oh band. yeah, yeah. I do, I do consider them a punk band. Oh really? Hmm. Yep. The, yeah. Uh, Detroit Death, not the metal. Right. Not the metal Death. death. No, no. Detroit yeah. Death, original Death, the one that hmm. nobody knew about until about fifteen years ago, but had yeah. put out like a uh, fucking awesome album in the early seventies that nobody knew about. So some people get in their feelings about the documentary, a band called Death, mm -hmm. and get really really upset about how that movie claims that they were the first punk band mm -hmm. and uh n not one time in that movie do the filmmakers or the band themselves say that right ever. right uh that's just something people put upon them and i don't right. really think it's fair right uh, and they unfortunately hell. didn't get to influence hell a lot of the people who came after them like because yeah. nobody knew they existed, <clears throat> unfortunately. So that kind of kind of leads to maybe the next topic we could get to, which is what we hope to do yeah. with this podcast, right? Um, and um, we'd like to have guests on, um, yeah, and to help us bring people on shit. to talk about talk about their experiences and help us remember stuff and. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. Um, we'll just keep rambling about things we can remember. We'll, I think that we will try and go in some sort of vague chronological order. But yeah, I think uh, in the next episode, I think we should talk about how we specifically get more detailed about how we got into punk. Kind of what made us who we were up to that point and why it kind of appealed to us like a little bit more like about our backgrounds. I mean, I know like, uh, we're, we're both from Kansas. Uh, you know, we're, I come from a really conservative 
background. We both grew up during the Satanic Panic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We want you to know us. Mm-hmm. Right. So the next episode, you'll get to know us on a deep, personal level. Right. If yeah. you don't already know us. I don't know why you'd be listening to this if you didn't already know us. Right. So all three of our listeners can finally know what we were like before they met us in Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I'm guessing are the only people listening to this. But hey, yeah. thanks, thanks for listening, friends. Uh, thanks for listening. Listen next week when we talk about ourselves more. Bye. And this isn't really on like a timeline, but yeah, yeah. Listen, <laughs> listen next time, whenever that is. Listen to the next episode. There. Yeah. That's a good outro. <laughs> I need more coffee and to pee. <laughs> That's the Is outro. That the outro? Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. All right. I, I need more coffee and I got to piss. So we're out. Bye.